Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 191 of SwiftCast. This is Steph, Adam, Ashley, and Nate. And this episode is very exciting because March 13th marks four years since the Red Tour started. It began on March 13th, 2013 in Omaha, Nebraska. And so for this week, we decided that we're going to talk with you about the top 13 Red Tour moments. So we're really excited about this. Yes, we debated long and hard trying to narrow it down to the very best moments and ranking them in order. Oh, absolutely. And I'm so excited about it, too. I always love when we can go back and, you know, just have kind of like a nostalgic type episode. Everyone just, you know, all the feels, especially the Red Tour feels. Agreed. Yes, the Red Tour, I think, holds a special place in all the fans' hearts because it was such a a big tour for Taylor and it was really a transition period for Taylor too. And if you haven't had a chance to hear last week's episode on episode 190, we talked all about Ed Sheeran's new album, Divide, which was a lot of fun. And Lord, another one of Taylor's good friends, is also in the midst of releasing new music. She just announced that her new album will be released on June 16th. And she actually performed two of her new songs on Saturday Night Live. Did any of you catch that? I guess it was so good. Yeah, I thought the performances were very simple, especially the second one, just with the piano. But I I really loved Greenlight, the first performance, and all of her crazy movements that we're accustomed to. It fits her so well. She looked so happy during Greenlight. It seems like her choreography, if you can call it that, it has evolved, but it's still like the same, but it just, I don't know. It definitely feels like a new era for her to me. And how cool was it that she had Jack Antonoff playing the piano on stage with her for her second performance? Yes, that was really cool. And they even gave a shout out to him at the end of the episode when the host, Scarlett Johansson, was thanking everybody. We all love Jack because he's worked with Taylor and he performed with Taylor on the Grammys. We waited forever for him to perform Out of the Woods with Taylor and it didn't happen until Out of the Woods in 2016. So it was pretty cool to see him up on stage for Liability with Lord. And she said on Twitter that Liability is not a single from the album. It's just a song that she really likes. So I'm glad that she was able to do it on SNL because I feel like that's such a special place to debut any song. Yes, and so far those are the only two songs that Lord has released to fans, Greenlight and Liability. So if you haven't heard them, you can go check them out. And also going back to Ed really quick, for all you United States listeners, he just announced all of his tour dates for the US. So go check those out and hopefully you can go get to see a show. Yes, those go on sale this week, and for me, I was excited because it seems like I'm not going to a Taylor show this summer. I don't think anybody is, so at least going to other shows is something you can do to at least get out and see other great artists, and Ed's just never a disappointment. He's fantastic live. And I'm guessing since all of these North American shows are pretty much in arenas, that next summer he'll be doing North American stadiums because he had a lot of quotes recently about wanting to play at a lot of stadium shows. 
Yes, I think he actually said he will be back to the United States in the summer of 2018, which will be interesting because for me, I think Taylor will have tour dates in the summer of 2018. But one thing that Ed said is he's actually creating his own boy band and he's writing all the songs for this boy band and the boy band will open all of his stadium shows, which is it's so unique. I've never heard of this being done before. And I think it's kind of brilliant, too. When I read it, I thought, is this going to be a new reality show? Because I feel like it needs to be. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, remember years and years and years ago how they would have Making the Band, where they would audition all these people and just form different groups? Right. And then obviously One Direction and The X Factor. I don't know. I feel like Ed's probably will be superior to any of those. He's written a lot of songs for different boy bands, right? I mean, I know definitely One Direction. Yeah, and Justin Bieber recently, and I can't even think of who else, but he's always writing for everyone, so I feel like this will be really successful. I'm excited to see it. Well, next we're going to go into some of Taylor's old Tumblr posts. And our first one comes from March 14th, 2015, and Taylor wrote, Happy birthday, Este. Ever since you, Alana, and Danielle adopted me into your wolf pack, life has never been the same. And she tagged at Heim the band. And it was an Instagram video of the four of them in the car, and they were all singing along to Faith Hill's This Kiss. Oh, that was a great video. Two years ago already. Wow. My favorite part of the video is how Taylor is using a Gatorade bottle as a microphone. (laughs) (laughs) well it's funny i remember faith hill was really excited about that and then faith hill later was taking her daughter to college and she posted a video of the two of them singing to bad blood it's just cool because we know faith hill has been a big part of taylor's life our next post is from march 14th 2015 this one was so funny taylor said Great work, Meredith. I was just trying to love you, and now you owe me $40 million. (laughs) (laughs) This is my favorite post of Taylor ever. It might be mine, too. (laughs) And this was in response to the rumors that were in the media saying that Taylor insured her legs for $40 million. Which still is mind-blowing that they printed that story. (laughs) I love it when she gets sassy with the media. And this photo... I don't know for sure, but it's always been my hunch that she was filming for the 1989 tour, the video at the very end when she introduces Meredith and Olivia. And Meredith is not in a good mood and trying to get away. And Taylor's really struggling. And I don't know for sure, but I just feel like she could have very well been filming that video that day when she got scratched. That's actually really interesting. I never thought of that. The timing would line up because it was March 2015. The tour started in May. They probably had to film it and get it ready. So I don't know. We'll never know. Well, to go along with that, uh, the next day, March 15th, 2015, Taylor ended up posting, couldn't help but make it into a pun, could I? And she posted a picture of that same scratch, but on it she had a bandage, which she wrote, me ow on it. Get it? (laughs) With the OW underlined and in capital letters. Well, it seems like around this time of the year, Taylor just has a lot of involvement with animals because on March 16th and 17th of 2016, Taylor posted two videos with Andrea's dog, Kitty, 
So Taylor's mom has this Great Dane, and she's enormous, but the dog's name is Kitty. It's very cute. And in the first video, Kitty is crawling all over Taylor, and Taylor says, thank you, thanks for the hug. And she's kind of sarcastic about it. And then in the second video, Taylor is eating whipped cream out of a can, just squirting it into her mouth, which is something that Taylor has done really forever. I remember seeing videos probably on a vlog or something where she was doing it on a tour bus. But Kitty's trying to also eat the whipped cream. And despite the name Kitty, it is a very large dog. (laughs) Well, next we have some squad tweets. And this is where we share some tweets from some of Taylor's friends who have upcoming events. We mentioned Lord earlier and exciting news. She just announced the release date of her album Melodrama, and that will be released this summer on June 16th. I'm very, very excited, especially knowing that Jack had so much involvement with the album. It just feels like it's so far away. Well, I was thinking about it, and I think the reason is because she's playing a lot of festivals in April and May here in the U.S. The biggest one probably is Coachella, and I feel like by doing that before the album comes out, she'll probably get to create a lot of hype and publicity for it. That's true, but do you think she'll sing more songs from the new album at the festivals? I think so, yeah, and I think she'll probably sing songs from her first album too since they're so popular i think it'll be a combination well that will be good though i'll be excited to see what she does so another one of taylor's friends that tweeted this week was kelsey ballerini because it was two years ago this week that taylor first tweeted about listening to her music and one of the kelsey fan accounts put together a collage of pictures And Kelsey retweeted that and she wrote, Oh, Taylor Swift, I couldn't love you more. It's crazy how far Kelsey has come in two short years. It is. She is a huge star now on her own tour. She has a new album coming out soon, right? Yeah, she's been working on it for quite a while. I think it's expected before the end of this year. Well, that should be interesting. I think she'll just continue to just have even greater success than she already has. And our other squad tweet this week comes from Ed Sheeran, who on March 11th said, One more week of promo, then tour starts, and I can't wait. And so he's starting his tour with a whole bunch of international shows, most of which are, not surprisingly, sold out. Yeah, just looking at his website, I think pretty much all of them are sold out. And the tour will be starting on March 16th in Italy. So I'm sure he's very excited. A couple of days ago, I caught online the stream of his iHeartRadio album release concert that he did, and it was amazing. I heard some of that on the radio. I was just lucky enough to catch it, and it was amazing. He was doing new and old songs, which was kind of nice, and he was even taking requests, and it made me so excited for his tour. Didn't he do a cover of Haley Steinfeld's song, Starving? I think he did. I saw some tweets about that. I didn't catch that part. I didn't either. I was bummed about that. But it's going to be tough not to look at the set list when he starts his international dates. Maybe the U.S. dates will be different, but I will want to know what he's going to be singing. Yeah, because he has a lot of decisions to make. 
Right. He just has so many very popular songs from Plus and Multiply that it's kind of like what we talk about with Taylor. How do you narrow that down? I would guess that there's probably only going to be one or two songs from Plus. Agreed. Like the A-Team and Lego House? Probably. Maybe You Need Me, I Don't Need You, but probably not. Probably just those two. Right. I feel like Eraser will sort of be like the You Need Me, I Don't Need You. And I can see him doing mashups. That would be good. And we've talked about Taylor doing that as a way to fit more popular songs in, but give her more time to focus on the new stuff, too. And I like that. Ed and Taylor are similar in that their fans want to hear the new stuff. A lot of times you go to these shows and the artist just plays the most popular songs. You never hear any of the new material. But with Ed and Taylor, you don't have the... Well, although Taylor has not been spotted out in public, we do have some pieces of news for you for this week. Yeah, our first one is, again, about Ed. Uh, On March 7th, Ed was spotted leaving Taylor's apartment in New York City. Hmm. He was also carrying an an iPad, if I'm not mistaken, right? He was. Wasn't that interesting? Hmm. Because, although it wasn't his quote in an interview that Taylor sent him an iPad that was locked up in something... For him to hear everything has changed. Yeah, absolutely. Which kind of makes you think. Are they songwriting? Are they collaborating? I don't know. Wouldn't it have to be locked up, though? (laughs) Well, he did also say while he was doing his radio promo interviews, which caused a lot of confusion, that their collaboration, he said, is not going to happen this year. That caused a lot of confusion. Because what happened was the media just ran with it and said, Taylor's not releasing any new music this year. Which seems like a bit of a stretch, right? I feel like the media doesn't read everything and they just run with a headline to get people to click on the article. But Ed was asked a question about collaborating with Taylor and he said, not this year. But somehow that was misconstrued and everybody took it as Taylor's not releasing music this year. So for anybody who read those headlines, just know that his quote was taken out of context and he didn't actually say that Taylor is not releasing new music this year. Honestly, I don't think Ed even has any idea when Taylor will be releasing new music, and we don't either, but I feel like it will happen at some point this year. Yeah, he's definitely just guessing like the rest of us, I think. I don't know, though. It makes you think if they had to retract that statement. I don't know. Maybe it does just mean new music this year. But who knows? We'll see. One good thing that we have to do while we're waiting for Taylor is that DirecTV has released part one of Taylor's Super Saturday Night Show. And there will actually be three parts that DirecTV will be releasing. Part two will be available on March 14th, and part three will be available on March 21st. And so by the time you hear this episode, part two will actually be available. Part one includes New Romantics, Blank Space, and I Knew You Were Trouble. And then once parts two and three are released, the other songs that will be included are You Belong With Me, All Too Well, I Don't Want to Live Forever, Out of the Woods, Red, Bad Blood, and Shake It Off. Which is basically the entire concert. (laughs) Well, that list is missing Better Man, which is very disappointing because I would love to watch that again. That's a good point. Hmm. Yeah. I wonder how they came up with the list. 
It has to be copyright reasons. I can't see any other reason. Right, it, because it doesn't include this is what you came for either. Right, it probably just isn't allowed to be. But did any of you guys watch part one? Because I checked it out and it was awesome. Yeah, I saw it too. It was amazing. I was looking to see if I could spot anyone I knew in the crowd, including ourselves, which I couldn't, but either way, it was fantastic. Yeah, it was great to have, you know, HD quality, great audio, and I just absolutely love I Knew Your Trouble. That is always going to be one of my favorite songs. I hands down agree. And if you guys haven't listened to our episode, we actually covered the entire show on episode 186. Uh, We broke down and told everything uh, about the show, the pre-party, the concert itself, the special guests, DJ. Anyway, episode 186, if you haven't listened to it, check it out. Our next piece of news is that Taylor is the first female to have 2 billion views on Vivo with blank space. 2 billion views. That's craziness. Crazy. That's like 30% of the world population. (laughs) I think Shake It Off is close to 2 billion as well. So she could be the first female to have two videos with over 2 billion views. So keep watching. I wonder what that number is when you add up all of her views on her videos, what that number is. Oh, wow. There's a task for you, Nate. You got to report back next week. Yeah, there we go. (laughs) That'll be my trivia question next week. (laughs) Well, our last piece of news for you this week is that on March 11th was Taylor's brother Austin's birthday. His 25th, as a matter of fact. So happy birthday, Austin. And she didn't post anything about it. I thought she would come out of hiding for it, but she didn't. Yeah, it's surprising. I think she always tweets something about it, right? Well, she didn't even tweet about her own birthday this year. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. We still don't know what she did. Wow, that's true. I haven't even thought of that. We don't. And that's all we have for the news for this week. So as mentioned earlier, for our main discussion this week, we're going to be talking about the top 13 red tour moments. And this was tough to narrow down, but we did it. And we probably missed some things because it was just so tough. But hopefully you all can... Let us know what you think your favorite tour moments were, and we'll talk about them next week on episode 192. So starting with number 13, we selected the I Knew Your Trouble performance, which included the amazing costume change. And for a lot of us, I think that performance was our favorite. It was, for me, definitely one of my favorites, and I was... I don't know if I should say lucky enough, but... Oh, I would say lucky enough. Oh, you know where I'm going with this? I think so. I think, Nate, you were also at the Pittsburgh show, right? No, I wasn't at the Pittsburgh show, unfortunately. Oh, okay. Maybe I don't know where you're going with this. <laughs> okay. okay, I was going to say I was lucky enough to see when Taylor chipped her tooth while she was performing I Knew You Were Trouble. Oh, yeah, that's right. In Pittsburgh, but I don't know if I should say it was lucky enough because it really was pretty awful for Taylor. At the very least, it was a pretty like iconic moment. We all knew in the audience that something happened, which in a way was great because there's no doubt that everything Taylor does is live and in the moment. But what happened was she was getting ready at that point when she goes to the end of the catwalk and kneels down and then she lifts the mic up and rises up from the ground. She was moving the mic to do the long note and the mic 
sort of fell out of her hand and onto her tooth. And she ended up chipping her tooth during that performance. But she continued on like a true professional and just killed the rest of the performance. But we all knew that something happened there. But yeah, this performance was awesome. And I love the costume change, how all the dancers surrounded her. And then one second she was in that white dress. And then the next second she was in that black outfit. And even backing up to the intro to the performance, I really loved the slow sort of classical music style intro that Caitlin did. Yes, her solo performance on her violin was just amazing. She really set the mood for the whole performance, I thought. And the transition between the violin solo to when the actual song kicks in was just an amazing moment in itself. Oh, heck yeah, it was. And, you know, going back to what you said earlier about uh, being lucky enough, honestly, Steph, I thought you were going to say you were lucky enough to be close enough to the stage to really feel the power behind that performance. Oh, I I was once. I actually was in the pit once for the Red Tour. And it was such a different experience than when you're really far away. Seriously amazing. And especially, yeah, and the costume change. I mean, if I remember correctly, wasn't it like a... 1.7 second costume change or something ridiculous isn't that what it was that sounds about right i don't know the specific number but it was definitely under like five seconds and i because i was lucky to do the backstage tour with andrea where she talked about a lot of that and i feel like she said the number but i don't remember it now but you're right it, it had to be around there it was very very quick Our number 12 moment is Taylor going through the crowd for 22. There were so many cool things about the 22 performance. Of course, it started off with the montage from every year of her life, which was amazing, and then went into the song itself. And from the main stage, then she, on the shoulders of her dancers, went through the crowd to the B stage. And the whole performance was really, really long, a lot longer than the actual song. And I loved it so much. It really was an extended version of the song, because even when she got through the crowd back onto the B stage, there were so many extra dance moves before she finished the actual song. Yeah, there was a whole dance break. I I loved the dance break. Sometimes it was hard to see, though, depending on where you were sitting. That's why we need a Red Tour video. Just saying. Just saying. (laughs) And I really love the outfit from that song. If you don't remember, it was either red pants or shorts, and then a striped top with a jacket that had an embroidered R for red on it. It was a really cool outfit. And one of the first times that we'd seen Taylor wearing pants in a performance. Right, right. That's funny. She ended up changing into shorts, if, if I remember correctly, right? Yeah, she would kind of base it on the weather of wherever she was performing. Mm. And then later she changed the shirt so that it would match the city. For example, in L.A., she had an I Love L.A. shirt. Oh, for sure. Nashville as well. Right. It was always fun to see what different shirts she would have on for that song. And so on the prior tours, Fearless and Speak Now, she would walk through the crowd, just walk, obviously with bodyguards. But for this... You know, obviously with her popularity growing each time, I think they felt like the safest way was to have her elevated on her dancer's shoulders, which they did a great job. And 
even with that, I felt like it was kind of chaotic on the floor with people <laughs> trying to reach out to her. And I really just kept thinking there's no way that she's going to do it again after this tour. I remember being on the floor during those times and especially like right where the path was where she'd come through and people would just rush to those those grates. They would just push up against that trying to, you know, just have their hand touched by Taylor. Right. But she did still interact with the crowd. She would give people high fives. And from what I remember, she was still singing while she was being carried through the crowd, right? Oh, yeah, she was, which was impressive. (laughs) Yeah, that's really impressive. It's sad that things like that probably won't ever happen again. Right, because with 1989, we didn't have any of that. But honestly, I really loved how 1989 gave her the flexibility to move back and forth as frequently as she wanted. Right. The stage setup, just with having the B stage completely connected to the main stage, let her do whatever she wanted, which was cool. Our number 11 moment is that Taylor had signed CDs available for purchase at each show of the Red Tour. So that was pretty cool. And Nate, I'm guessing you got some of those because I know you like to collect some things, right? Uh, Got some. I got a lot of those. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, they're relatively inexpensive. I think they were $20 each, which if you go on eBay now, like $100 at least for one of them. I mean, 125 things like that. Anyway, I bought so many of those things and I loved it. Unfortunately, you can't buy any more uh, signed CDs, especially at that price at her merch stands, which I'm bummed about. But I think that was just another thing that marked uh, one of the great parts of the Red Tour. Right. They were $20 and... Even just having them available, I thought was great. For 1989, we they just didn't even give us that option. I believe at Nashville alone, I bought 15 of those CDs. <laughs> I remember just being worried about them getting bent up. So I, I think I took something to actually put it in so that it wouldn't get bent. So coming in at number 10 on our countdown is American Woman by Lenny Kravitz. And if you guys remember, this song was part of the pre-show set list that played uh, during the concert, basically. And everybody knew when the show was about to start because American Woman came on. It became so iconic for that show. And on top of that, for uh, as just kind of like an honorable mention, I Love It by Iconopop, everybody loved because when that song came on, was you knew was the fan cam and so everybody would just go wild during that song yeah that was fun when the fan cam came on during i love it everybody knew taylor was going to be on soon so everybody was going crazy and it was interesting because before taylor entered the stage during the speak now tour american girl was played and so this was like i said a transition period for taylor and so she went from american girl to american woman for the red tour And I just remember before 1989, we were all talking about, well, what is she going to do this time? What could she possibly do? And she ended up using Calvin Harris's song, Feel So Close. You know, and I still say this to this day, whenever I hear American Woman, uh, like on the radio or if I'm out somewhere, I still get a little bit jittery, like thinking that, you know, just the adrenaline rush from uh, just leftover from the Red Tour. Absolutely. And it's the same when I love it, if I hear that on my iPod, or sometimes it's on commercials. I just think, oh, Taylor's coming. Oh, no, wait. I'm sitting in my living room, not at the Red Tour right now. (laughs) 
I get the same thing with Feel So Close, maybe because it was more recent. But whenever I hear that song, I'm like, the lights are about to go out and Welcome to New York is about to start. Well, our number nine moment is when the show actually started right after American Woman was played. It's the State of Grace intro where Taylor has the silhouette. She's just standing there behind this red curtain. It's just iconic, really. And you get the first couple lines of State of Grace while the curtain is still up, correct? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, all you see is Taylor's silhouette with a microphone as she's kind of, you know, projecting her shadow onto the red curtain. And anyway, for me, this is such uh, an important part of this show. Honestly, because I think it may be Taylor's best intro for a tour of all time. Yeah, I was just going to ask, what do you guys think? I I think it it really may be. I think I would agree. It's tough to say. I really like Sparks Fly and rising from the bottom of the stage with the smoke and then the fireworks. That was pretty good, too. Right. And You Belong With Me was also great. And of course... Welcome to New York. But I don't know, just the way she developed it, I thought, for Red was so creative. I agree. To me, it just built so much anticipation. And then you're like, oh, is that actually Taylor behind that curtain? And then you're like, it's Taylor! Oh my god. Yeah, I think that is what made it so great, was the anticipation, because you really didn't know when the curtain was going to fall, and you would actually see Taylor in person. For our number eight moment, we have the Lucky One movie, which was played before she performed the Lucky One. And it was sort of in the old Hollywood black and white style. It was basically a monologue of Taylor talking about fame, and it was just really cool. It was very well done, but kind of depressing. It's a little depressing, yeah. It makes you kind of think about, just in general, what Taylor's life might be like once she steps out of the spotlight. But I did feel like it sort of ended on an optimistic note in the movie, because she was basically saying, people are trying to tear you down and whatnot, and then the last line of it was, but they haven't yet, and it's Taylor in the mirror with her red lipstick, and then the song starts. I always really loved that ending. Yeah, I liked the ending. And the transition from the movie to the performance was seamless. And then the performance itself went along with the movie because they had all the dancers sort of acting like paparazzi. Number seven on our list is when Taylor gave her hat away. And I really don't remember this moment that much. So I got to ask you guys, was this the hat that she was wearing at the very beginning for State of Grace? Yeah, absolutely. During State of Grace, obviously, she wore that black, uh, I don't know what you call it, like a bowler? Yeah, probably. Okay, like a bowler. Anyway, but on the inside of the hat, Taylor had autographed it. And what she would do is she would go to the very front of the stage, whoever was front row center, and she would drop down and she would give them this hat. And then she'd jump back on and continue her performance. So anyway, if that was me, I, I like don't even know. I would lock that hat away. No one would ever see it again. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I have searched eBay for that. Oh, me too. Never. I have it on alert if something like that ever pops up, but I haven't seen it in, you know, four years now. Because nobody would ever probably sell it. I think she always did a good job of looking out into the crowd and selecting a huge fan to give it to. I think so too, yeah. Hey, if any of our listeners uh, have that hat and are selling it, hey, hit me up. I'm telling you right now. (laughs) (laughs) 
So number six on our countdown. I'm surprised we kind of didn't put this in the top five almost, uh, but I think just in general uh, how amazing this one is. Club Red, just in general, everyone loved it. Club Red. Uh, everyone went all out to try and get Club Red. All the costumes that went along with it, all the creativity. Um, as far as Club Red itself, it was the first time that the tea party, so to speak, uh, was album-themed. You know, uh, it was under this big red tent and a lot of, you know, of course, red couches and uh, everything that went along with that pizza and the TV and music videos. And, of course, you know, the minor insignificant part of meeting and hanging out with Taylor. I mean. <laughs> yeah, it was cool that she made it themed based on the album. That was the first time she ever did that. And, of course, for 1989, she followed with a the theme and did Loft 89. I think it makes sense. I think the tea party went along with how her image was in fearless and speak now era. But I think she really was ready for something more mature. And I like that she's kind of evolved that idea over the tours. It kind of makes you think uh, whatever it is for TS six, kind of what it's going to be. We'll see. So for the last top five moments, we wanted to include some audio clips for you so that you can relive some of those moments with us. And for number five, we have Ed Sheeran. And of course, Ed was Taylor's opener. For me, the reason why I even know who Ed is is because of Taylor, which I thank her for because he's now my second favorite artist. And he just did such a great job of opening for Taylor. Absolutely. It was one of the reasons I looked forward to, aside from Taylor coming to the Red Tour every time, was because it, it was almost like a double headliner. Exactly. I've never enjoyed in any other show I've ever been to, and I've been to a lot of shows over my life, I've never enjoyed an opener like Ed. It felt like, like Nate said, I was getting two headliners. And it just makes me think again about, I've been thinking a lot about Ed's recent interview with the Rolling Stone, where he said that one of his dreams one day is for him and Taylor to have a joint headlining tour where they both do each other's songs and perform together. Yeah, I was really excited when I read that Rolling Stone article because the idea of those two doing a stadium tour together is just amazing. I really hope that happens. And Taylor was actually involved in this Rolling Stone interview, which was pretty interesting to me. And when she was talking about him, she said, he is the James Taylor to my Carol King, which I thought was nice. And one of my top moments from the tour regarding Ed is definitely Everything Has Changed. That's such an underrated song, and I just love how they were able to do that duet on the B stage. Oh, absolutely. I want, it makes me wonder if, honestly, we'll ever see them perform that song again. I hope so. Number four is the invention of the secret song. I 
the secret song was first introduced on the red tour and we were lucky enough to have that continue into the 1989 tour but it was just always exciting because you never knew what song it would be and i think the red tour was special because there was more of a variety with the secret song during the red tour than there was during the 1989 tour because sometimes you would have songs that were completely out of the blue a good example is Cold as You, which is from the debut album, but Taylor sang it during the Red Tour. Oh my god, I still can't believe that she sang that song. (laughs) It was crazy. I really wish I could have seen that live. And I think because she sang that so early in the tour, people had very high hopes for other songs they wanted to hear, and there were always a lot of requests, and it must be so hard for Taylor to decide, knowing that she can never please everybody. Exactly. And really, that might be why during the 1989 tour, she kept it more limited. Well, either way, I know that personally, one of my favorite secret song performances she ever done was Teardrops on My Guitar. If you guys remember, she hit those notes like so perfectly on that song, just the energy behind it, the enthusiasm. I mean, it was just incredible. I only saw a video and I didn't see it personally, but still. Didn't you get to see Highway Don't Care personally? I did, yeah, in Toronto, which is pretty crazy when you think about it, because, of course, that was with Tim McGraw and Keith Urban, and it was only Taylor singing that song, so. That would have been cool to see. I got to see Should Have Said No, which was pretty cool, too. But she did so many that just were, like I said, out of the blue. Change was another good one. Tim McGraw. I got to see Tell Me Why. Oh, that's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Tell me why is great. Number three is the Holy Ground drum solo. For me, I love the Holy Ground drum solo. I was a drummer. So seeing Taylor drum is just awesome. And during the Fearless tour, she also did a drum routine. And this kind of reminded me of that. So I I just loved it. Along with just the spectacle of seeing all the backup people flying in the air. It was crazy. I thought it just showed how talented Taylor was. Because she can play the drum, she can play the piano, ukulele, banjo, anything. It's just really neat to see her play all these different instruments. And I loved in this how the lights were off and they had like the strobe lights going and the drums even lit up themselves. So it was just a really unique part of the show. I don't think a lot of people saw it coming. And that's what makes it awesome. It was a surprise that Taylor gave us. Who knew that she could drum like that? Number two is the special guest appearances. Taylor always had special guests, even during the Fearless and Speak Now tours. 
but I feel like she stepped it up with Red. She had more guests, more surprises, and then she took it to the next level with 1989. So this seemed to me like the precursor to 1989. Oh, for sure. 1989, it seemed like almost every show had a special guest. Especially every stadium. I would have to verify that, but I feel like practically every stadium date had a special guest. Which I, I don't want to say kind of like made you expect that there would be a guest at 1989, but at least for Red Tour when she had a guest, it was a complete and total surprise. It was, yes. Although I do have to say toward the end, people started hearing sound checks and they would spoil the surprise sometimes. Oh, I remember that. <laughs> and then Taylor got smart and she would do the sound checks and they would turn the mics off so that nobody would hear so then how is it a sound check? <laughs> I'm not sure. Maybe they would uh, just use the earpieces or something. So what were some of your favorite guests? It is so tough. Uh, I think, and I don't know. Okay. I'm just going to, I'm going to say three. Can I say three different ones? Is that okay? That's, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think a, a tie for first for me were these three. I think, first of all, J-Lo, Jenny from the Block. How crazy was that performance? You're so vain, Carly Simon, and the last time with Gary Lightbody. Oh, those are excellent choices. All those just individually have such power to each of those songs. Such such great performances. Unbelievable. I would say Carly Simon also, because that was obviously iconic. And Anything Could Happen with Ellie Golding in L.A. And maybe my third one would be Neon Trees, Everybody Talks. Oh, I would have loved to see that, too. Yeah, so much energy with that song. That's a good one. Although, I, I forgot about Fall Out Boy, so really, I can't even choose. Basically everything. <laughs> <laughs> and that was going to be one of the two that I picked. Taylor did My Songs Know What You Did in the Dark, which is also called Light em Up, with Patrick Stump of Fall Out Boy. And then my other one that I loved was actually in Berlin when she performed I See Fire with Ed. Yes, that is on my list. That was such a great performance and such a great song. Isn't it funny how nobody knew who Sam Smith was when she had brought him out in London? Nobody knew who he was, right? He sang his song, isn't it called Money or something? Money on My Mind. Money on My Mind, yes. And I had no idea who he was. And then he just blew up after that. Yeah, I was the same way. I remember being like, who is this person? <laughs> The ones that I actually was lucky enough to see live, I saw My Songs Know What You Did in the Dark with Fall Out Boy, and I Went Crazy with Hunter Hayes, and those were both awesome to see live. Which ones did you see live? You know, I Went Crazy, I remember being there in Nashville, and during that performance, they had the entire arena jumping up and down. I kid you not. <laughs> it was insane. Oh man, that was a great one. Yeah, that was fun. So she was definitely more selective with which cities would have guests on the Red Tour as compared to 1989. So the only ones I saw were in Nashville, but I was lucky enough to see all three, Luke Bryan, Rascal Flatts, and Hunter Hayes. Yeah, I remember when we were there, and each one of those was seriously amazing. And finally, for our number one, keep you doing suspense here, it is All Too Well. Scared, I was there, I remember it all too well. 
like you probably knew that was coming. <laughs> How could you not include that on the top 13 moments of the Red Tour? It was certainly an iconic performance, and we were also happy to see her perform it again in Houston last month, and DirecTV is fortunately including that in its coverage of Super Saturday Night. And it was so awesome that she brought it back for Houston. I do have to say, though, that I don't even know if Taylor can really go back to that time in her life to capture the same emotion of it as was on the Red Tour, because that was just a different thing altogether. That's true. Which, in a way, though, it was so nice to see her different emotional response to this song in Houston. She was goofing off and laughing. She pretty much said to us before she played it, like, you guys were all chanting this in my last show, so I guess I'll play it for you. (laughs) (laughs) Such a different tone. I think literally at every Red Tour performance of this song, she shed a tear. At least one. That's how emotional it was. And I think Taylor knew how much the fans loved this song because she essentially took their recommendation and made it her Grammy performance that one year. So obviously the song was important to her and it was important to the fans. So that's why it's one of the top Red Tour moments. Personally, I would just go to the Red Tour show just to see All Too Well. I'm just saying. Absolutely. And I remember when she did it as a secret song for 1989 in L.A., how disappointed I was not to be there. Yes, that was the only other time she performed it. Aside from Houston, she did it once on the 1989 tour. So fingers crossed that for the tour for album six, maybe even just at one show, All Too Well will be included. We'll see if the secret song and special guests continue with the next tour. To wrap up our discussion on the Red Tour, we wanted to let you know some of the records that Taylor achieved through the tour. She became the first solo female artist in 20 years to headline a national stadium tour through Australia. And the last female to do that was actually Madonna with her The Girly Show World Tour way back in 1993. And she performed to over 40,000 fans in Sydney, Australia. So she became the first female artist to sell out the stadium since it opened in 1988. That is unbelievable. 20 years later, and nobody could top Madonna. And Taylor comes in and blows it out of the water. That's craziness. And the other record is that the Red Tour was the highest grossing tour by a country artist in history. And its overall gross was $150 million, which surpassed the record that was held by Tim McGraw and Faith Hill's Soul to Soul Tour that had $141 million. So we hope you enjoyed celebrating this four-year anniversary of the Red Tour. I can't believe it was that long ago. It feels like it was really just yesterday. And we would love to hear about your favorite moments from the Red Tour. If you would like to get in contact with us, we're on Twitter at SwiftCast13. We're on Tumblr at SwiftCast13.tumblr.com. And we're also SwiftCast13 on Instagram and Facebook. You can email us at SwiftCast13show at gmail.com, or you can visit our website at swiftcast13.com. And if you enjoyed listening to this episode, please subscribe to us on iTunes. It will download our latest episode for you automatically, 
And it will also help other fans to find our show if you leave a review and a five-star rating. Before we sign off for the week, what do you think Taylor will do this week, if anything? That is a very good question. (laughs) This is becoming harder and harder each week. It really is. It's nearly impossible, but I guess we know she's been in New York. We also know that it's Estee's birthday of Heim this week, so maybe she'll have a celebration for her at her apartment in New York. Or, since she always seems to have animal-related Instagram posts or Tumblr posts during this week, maybe she'll actually be on social media. I hope so. It's been way too long since we've gotten a picture or video of Meredith and or Olivia, so hopefully something like that. Well, whatever happens, we will certainly keep you updated next week on episode 192. But for now, for episode 191, this has been Steph, Adam, Ashley, and Nate. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, guys. See ya. Later. Thank you for listening to this episode of SwiftCast. Visit us on the web at theswiftcast.com. SwiftCast is not directly affiliated with Taylor Swift, Big Machine Label Group, or 13 Management. 